Hi, I'm Robert Fleming. I'm one of the partners in the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And you're listening to Elder Law Issues, which is our weekly podcast. I host it with one of the other partners in the law firm, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. Elizabeth, welcome back. Thanks, Robert. I thought today maybe, Elizabeth, we could talk about how we handle initial interviews of clients because we do we we feel very strongly about one thing that sort of is off-putting to clients and particularly to their families once in a while Uh, we are we are very firm that when we meet with an older person particularly about their estate plan about whether they want to sign powers of attorney whether they need a will or a trust we meet only with them, not with their family members, not with their very concerned, very appropriate, very capable daughter or son who comes along to the meeting. We don't want them in the waiting room. Why not? Well, Robert, we want to, first of all, be able to speak one-on-one to the person who may become our client or who is our existing client. It's important that we have that one-on-one conversation There's, of course, things like attorney-client privilege, but we really want to be able to assess our client or potential client's ability to provide us direction as, as his or her attorney. And so one of the things that I try and explain to families, because I'm really close with my own family, Robert, and I can imagine that... I could become offended some at some point if I was taking my parent into an attorney's office and trying to do the right thing and then being told to wait outside. I try and explain to family or family members who might be there trying to attend an appointment that it is my job to take direction from the person who's my client. And because they've made the appointment, either a family member or the older client, or it could be a younger client themselves, I need to speak to that person because the estate plans that I may be drafting or the legal advice I may be giving is specifically for that person. And so sometimes people understand the distinction. They understand that you know the mother or the father or the concerned sibling is actually not the client. So sometimes when I go through that, it's helpful. I will say I often talk about the rules and requirements under different ethical rules and and some of the rules that govern our behavior as attorneys in Arizona, just to help people understand that this is not something that Fleming and Curdy invents. This is actually a, it's a real thing. In fact, uh, the American Bar Association has put out a pamphlet that we often hand out to the family members or mail to them when they make an appointment for their mother or their father or their aunt or uncle or whoever it is to come in and, and do estate planning or to talk about what needs to happen next. And, and the pamphlet is called, Why Am I Left in the Waiting Room? To, to address this exact question. It talks about the four C's of client representation, client identification, conflicts of interest, confidentiality, and competency. And you've touched on all four of those, I think, Elizabeth, in your, in your description. Um, and, and a key one is that first one, client identification. I want to be very clear when I'm meeting with your mother that she's my client. I want to hear her voice. If you tell me what she wants, I don't know if she that's what she really wants or if she's just going along in order to not make waves. She can tell me what she wants, so I'm going to ask her and make it clear to her and to you, frankly, that she's my client, not you. I'm not doing this for you. I'm not doing it for the family. I'm doing it for her. She gets to decide what she wants. And Robert, to, to that point, 
It also addresses, I think, the concern, I'll, I'll talk to people all the time about conflicts of interest, and you'll have a very well-meaning family member become super offended when I talk about conflicts of interest, and I explain that I'm not presuming there are any conflicts in their family, but the fact that the family member who may, who may have driven my client to the appointment may be acting as both a successor trustee and may be a beneficiary at a later date. Having that person sit in the appointment with my client just creates a problem because there are potential conflicts. And it's not because I presume that there are any family conflicts. I'm actually talking legally speaking about the potential conflicts of interest. And, and in fact, in that regard, you're actually helping the family member who isn't in the room. I cannot tell you how many times I have had people tell me that their mother was taken to a lawyer by their sister or their brother and that, that their sister or brother got that lawyer to prepare a document for them. Well, your brother is going to say the same thing about you if you're in the conference room. By keeping you in the waiting room, I've given you the opportunity and, frankly, me the opportunity to later testify, if it comes up, that you weren't there that you didn't tell your mom what to do. You weren't even in the room. And that helps protect you as well as your mom or your dad or whoever it is that, that we're talking to. And Robert, that's the same thing when somebody may call to schedule an appointment on behalf of a parent or a sibling or a child. We need to talk to the proposed client or the client who may be rescheduling an appointment ourselves on the telephone instead of taking direction about setting the appointment from somebody else. That's for this very same reason, that we want to establish notes in the file about who made the contact and who confirmed that we wanted to, that he or she wanted a visit or wanted to come into the office. We have not touched, Robert, on the capacity issue, but I will tell you, this is really one of the most tender, tender points today for anybody listening. It can happen that you may have a family member or somebody you love in your life who starts to really struggle with memory. There might be memory loss for any, any one of many, many different reasons. And you want to help that person make sure that they can get in to see an attorney. Well, we need to make sure the person has capacity to direct us. And recently I had a, a meeting, Robert, with a returning client actually. And I'm so happy I had a chance to meet with her one-on-one. -on -one. But it was very clear that when we did sit down that she was not able to direct me. She did not have enough capacity to do that. Now, I really appreciated her family for being mindful of the rules around setting the appointment and bringing her to the appointment. But when we actually sat down one-on-one, -on -one, I was able to see pretty quickly that she lacked the requisite capacity to direct me as her attorney. That's one of the key things in our initial contact even for a returning client in the in the first of a re recurring contact is trying to just determine the capacity or competence of the person and if you're sitting there next to your mother when i say how many children do you have and she says um uh, let me think if you say mom you have four children that does not help me determine whether or not she can remember who her children are now i mean i may need your help getting details. She may know she has bank accounts, but not be able to tell me what bank. I'll need to find out what bank. And so I may want you in the room later. I may want your help filling out questionnaires, 
but uh, um, uh, the initial contact at least needs to be with her alone. And Robert, I, I tell people that I don't want anybody to take offense if we have a meeting and we're just not able from that meeting to take direction or have clarification around what what our next steps are. Sometimes we have follow-up meetings. Sometimes we will propose a follow-up meeting be scheduled at somebody's home or a different type time of day. We know that capacity changes for many people throughout the day, throughout the week, depending on the stressors of their life and medical issues going on. But oftentimes, as was the case this past week, Robert, I wasn't able to to get the direction I needed from our returning client, but I was able to provide the family with some referrals to other estate planning attorneys that they might meet with or discuss things with. I, I take no offense, Robert, when somebody says that they're frustrated because we won't create a document. That's just my decision, and that's my call as an attorney here. We don't shuffle those cases around to a different attorney at Fleming and Curdy. We refer right. those out. Right. And I think that's the last point we ought to make here, and then maybe we could we could end today's podcast. But that is that we don't change horses. We don't represent your mother or your father in their estate planning. And then once they lose capacity, say, okay, we're happy to help you now. We are pretty clear that our client is our client. If you need help with managing our client, you need a different lawyer to do that. If there's going to be a guardianship because your your mom or your dad has been uh, has been gambling too much or uh, or or uh, sending money to uh, African princes, that's going to be some other lawyer who does that proceeding. That's not going to be us. And Robert, that doesn't mean that things can't happen in a harmonious way because right. we very much want to work collaboratively with family members and friends uh, because our goal is to really help provide service. And even in cases where we have to work with the outside attorney who may be hired by a son or daughter, we certainly want to do things as amicably as possible. Um, the last thing families in crisis need is more conflict. We, we recognize that. That said, we're done talking about this topic for today. So you've been listening to me. I'm Robert Fleming, one of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC, and my partner, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, on elder law issues. We will be back next week, and we hope you'll join us then.